Hello, and welcome to the 90 Day Fiance Honestly podcast. I'm B, and with me as always is Amy. Hello. And together we discuss the 90 Day Fiance show, dissecting all the drama so you don't have to. We dive deep into the couple's actions and words, asking why they're behaving the way they do. And no, we're not psychologists. What we are is interested in why people do the things they do and what that means about their intentions or motives. This week is the final episode of season six of Before the 90 Days. Can you believe it? And no, as it, you... Go it ahead. came up so quickly. Yeah, it, this season has just flown by. And as usual, stay tuned until the very end of this episode when Amy's going to tell us a little tidbit of 90 Day Fiance Gossip slash conspiracy theory slash fact. Which one will it be this week? I don't know. So let's get started. Let's go right into Dempsey and Statler. They're the first couple on the show this week. And uh, it's the moments after the breakfast where Dempsey confronted the children issue with Statler. Um, And she's ready to walk away because Statler was so definitive and harsh in her answer that their relationship wouldn't survive if Dancy wanted a kid. So we find out that they were both hiding the truth from each other, which is something that we talked about last week, right? Where we were saying, yes. which one do we believe? Because they're both saying the opposite of each other. Dempsey's saying that when she spoke to Statler before they met, that, Dem- uh, that Statler was open to the idea of having kids. And Statler's saying that Dempsey told her that she wasn't sure if she wanted kids yet. So it seems like they were both kind of waffling and walking the middle line in order not to, what, upset the other, I guess? I I don't even know. The the interactions between them, like I I was really going for them uh, at the beginning, but the more we dive deeper into them, the more appalled I am at their relationship and they're obviously extremely different views on the whole childhood thing or having a child thing yeah it's like the course of any relationship right you have that beginning period where it's all honeymoon and roses and unicorns and then things start to slowly reveal themselves for what they really are and the cracks show and so um in in this moment Dempsey makes it clear that the decision to be together or not is going to be up to Statler she says it's on you which I found was kind of a a strange way to do it like relinquishing all of her power and not saying well you know what this means so much to me that I'm going to be the one who makes the ultimatum and says you know if this is a deal breaker for you then I'm walking away but she puts it all on Statler which I found really interesting like she's she's relinquishing her power yeah, I Did found you... that strange too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dempsey also acknowledged that um, they both agreed that they weren't sure. But now yes. she's created this hard boundary about wanting this kid. So it's strange that she would dig her heels in so much about that and then pull the, that's up to you. Yeah, exactly. I don't get that. It, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's kind of like a waffling. They're They're both... I don't know if they're just trying to appease the other because it's still early in their relationship and they want to see if, if they can test the waters. Do you really, is this really a hard boundary or not? In any case, they, they take about 20 minutes with Statler in the bathroom, which is very weird in of itself. And then they both have calmed down enough that they can talk more about it. Um, and in my opinion, I think that they're both afraid Statler clearly wants to be in a relationship with Dempsey because of her abandonment issues and all that stuff that we've been through before, all of her insecurities, as well as her desperate need to feel like somebody loves her. And on Dempsey's part, she seems to be afraid to lose a love that she feels is a true connection. She's talked about this quite a few times in in the last few episodes, like she feels really connected to Statler. And I wonder if that's because she's feeling the appeal of the quote-unquote opposite attract thing she's reserved and quiet and she loves being with a partner who is carefree fun loving fly by the seat of her pants more outgoing than Dempsey is and she's found that in Statler what what do you think of that I'm I'm not sure I feel like there's something going on with Dempsey that's 
underlying her behavior that we haven't been exposed to. So it's difficult to to really comment on what her true intentions are and her, her thought process. It does appear mm-hmm. as though she also doesn't want to be abandoned, but is it because she's so invested in this relationship or is it from previous trauma? It's it's so hard to to pick that apart without knowing more than what we've been exposed to. Right, right. In any case, Statler is leaving tomorrow. So it's time to talk about the future of their relationship. And wonder of wonders, Dempsey has decided to let Statler move in. Wow. Oh, my God. Is this a good choice I... or, or not? <laughs> I could not believe that when she said that, because in all of her previous cutaways or those little interviews, she kept saying how uncomfortable she was, was how comfortable, uncomfortable she was with it. And now she just does an about face again and just decides, no, it's okay. We're, we're going to make it through. But they both seem to be so completely unaware of how moving to a different country works. Like, nobody's mentioned a visa. They just said she's going to move back in three weeks' time after her lease is up. Well, that obviously takes time to do, to apply for that visa. Yeah. Well, can't you just go to the UK and stay for up to three months without a visa? uh, I believe so. But from my understanding, which is based mostly on the show so please take this very very loosely um but you can't apply for a permanent resident or a working visa from a tourist visa right of course no no i know you're absolutely right in that because we've been i've been looking at that for a 90 day fiance the other way um and yes you cannot go from a tourist visa to a a permanent like partner visa or married couple visa like they're doing on the other way uh Mm -hmm. that's totally illegal so i think maybe what she might do is do like the three months there then go away then come back for another three months you know how a lot of people do that Mm -hmm. unless she somehow convinces dempsey to get married within the three months that she's there which given how quickly she's convinced her to let her move in she may be able to do and then she would be able to stay for longer you can't see but i am cringing so hard right now (laughs) just the idea of her going over there and pressuring dempsey into something like that it just blows my mind but you're right she with the waffling with the kids thing she's like oh she doesn't seem to be 100 percent certain that she doesn't want them so you know there is a slight chance Mm -hmm. And this is I what you that's... do when when you're in love. You you don't look at the red flags. You kind of go, oh, maybe it's pink. Maybe it's slightly tinged with red, but not really red. And maybe she's going to change her mind later on down the road. And of course, maybe that will happen. Maybe in six months' time, Statler decides that that the best thing in the world for her is to have a, a child with Dempsey. Who knows? I can't I can't see that happening. But Statler no, is no, way she's... way too selfish absolutely she's so selfish she's not not really mother material and um i I think that dempsey knows this now but she's ignoring it and she's too yeah she's definitely afraid of losing statler i think that that the whole discussion of the baby situation made her realize that she could lose statler very easily very quickly and so that's what brought her around to saying, I want you to move in with me in a month's time, is to avoid all of that scaredy talk of maybe I'm going to break up with her because she or she's going to break up with me because we don't want the same thing long term. I, I still find that so surprising that she would waffle so much. She like from the beginning, she appeared to be very level headed and reasonable and fairly rational or rational. But now we're seeing a completely different side of her, which yeah, I find very curious. It is. It's almost like she's adopted some of Statler's personality. And insecurities. Yes, exactly. It's like they're becoming a very similar person. Like one of them is is morphing into to meet the other one midway 
And by one of them, I mean Dempsey morphing into Statler because Statler seems very strict and bound by whatever belief she has about who she is and what she needs. And I don't see her really being the kind of person who would evolve and grow and change the way that I think Dempsey would be open to that and willing to explore that. Yeah, I think Dempsey is so much more um, self-aware when it comes to personal development. Um, Whereas on the flip side, Statler seems to be so stagnant and Mm -hmm. not willing to make any concessions or compromises or anything. So it's all Dempsey just bending over backwards to make Statler happy. Yes. Yeah. And she talks about changing her caravan. Like there are all these changes that she's a little bit concerned about and feeling anxious about that Statler wants her to, you know, build a toilet or have hot running water. I mean, these are not really terribly unreasonable things today in the modern world, but um, they would be big changes for Dempsey to make to her living place so um it seems like she's really willing to change things a lot for this relationship to continue one of the things that dempsey said that really struck me towards the end of their segment was that she said she makes me feel better when she was talking about statler obviously and i was thinking is that really what we want in a relationship? We want the other person to make us feel better. I mean, yes, we want the other person to make us into a better version of ourselves, but that comes from within, right? Yeah, that How personal do- change has to come from you. Mm-hmm. But to say about your partner, they make me feel better. To me, it sounds like a codependency that's starting up. Oh, 100%. And I also wonder if, based on that comment and her behavior, if she might be, again, not a doctor, but she might be depressed. Yeah. And by her saying that Statler makes her feel better, maybe Statler is that break from whatever's going on in her head to make her release that hold a little bit. Could be. But otherwise, I I still can't explain her behavior and her waffling. No, and we don't get to see the goodbye between these two, do we? We don't get an airport scene with Stepler and Dempsey, unless I'm completely blanking out. Well, there was one, but they say goodbye at like the bottom of an escalator, which, in my experience at at uh, airports, is not where you say goodbye. (laughs) but whatever worked for them I I was just glad that it was over quickly because this episode was filled with entirely too many tears yes it was (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm fine with the emotion but I think this one was a bit much agreed Uh, moving on to Riley and Violet who are the next couple that come on screen And we have Riley back in Pennsylvania at home smoking a whole bunch of cigars in what is becoming a very, very smoky room. Um, It's been two weeks. inside the house. Yeah, I know. It's gross. It's gross, 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 gross. At least let your dog out so it doesn't have to get that stuff (laughs) in Open a window. (laughs) It's been two weeks since he got back. And we learned that when he got back, Violet, in effect, broke up with him over text. And then she waited a little while, then started texting him again. It was being extremely lovey-dovey and talking about how she wants him in her life. She wants a family. She wants to get married. And Riley is justifiably confused. Discuss. Can't blame the guy. <laughs> we've, we've already talked about how incredibly incompatible they are or have seemingly been and how they've had absolutely no uh, intimate or loving relationship that we've seen. It's all been Violet pulling away, Riley pushing. And so for, for Violet to have this massive change of behavior when he returns is so questionable but it also makes me wonder, is this what it was like beforehand that made him want to go over there? Yeah. 
Good question. Because maybe he wasn't completely nuts. I mean, he is, but. He, he is still nuts. I think he is still nuts. But this episode really changed my mind about Violet because mm-hmm. we got to see her in action. Like before we'd, we'd heard already about those text messages that she'd sent to Roddy's dad that seemed really, really sus and were quite mean. But this is the first time that we actually get to see any of it happening kind of in real time. And um, it, it was really bad. And I started questioning everything absolutely everything it because it kind of it it alludes to the fact that she's just so incredibly manipulative and calculated yes so her calculation goes to the point where you know she's broken up with him she starts texting him again lovey-dovey i want you i need you and then a few weeks later violet is pregnant and he's the daddy where did this come from surprise (laughs) happy day happy happy day (laughs) um so the last time you and i talked about violet and riley we spoke about that because we just had had the preview for next week where we found out that she was pregnant and we spoke about the fact that it's an extremely small chance that violet could get pregnant let alone that she was pregnant and now Mm -hmm. we learn that riley is taking medication that means that the chances for him to impregnate somebody are less than 1%. Astonishing news. But Violet. I'm not sure if she, I believe there's him. There's no way that she knows this. No. I, I totally believe him. Why not? What, what do you think is the matter here? You don't think he's on the meds? Or he, you don't think that that's, that's what happened to his sperm count? I'm not sure about the impact on his sperm count, and I don't think he should be as confident about that either without getting a sperm test done. He shouldn't be so hell-bent on that. I hadn't considered that angle, but I just, because I was just taking it as, okay, so the doctor gives you this medicine and says, by the way, uh, you should know that while you're on these meds, you your sperm count will be extremely low, and there's a less than 1% chance that you could become a father as a result. Uh, so you, if you want to do that, you have to go off the meds for a minimum of X amount of time. But, but he also doesn't say how long it's he's been taking it for. How long has it been in a system for? No, he doesn't so say that. But he, he also doesn't say that he stopped taking the meds at any point. He just said he has been on them and, and he was taking them. And this is the consequence of that. Well, maybe he started taking them just before he went over. And that was one of the first times when he had a, a a release, and so his active sperm was still still could, up and alive. It could be, but he was there for what two weeks, three weeks? I think it was three weeks. Okay, and they only slept together on the very last night of his stay. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I mean, all of the logistics aside, I'm going to go on the assumption that he is telling the truth about his medication at least and that he would not have disclosed that information to Violet because there's no way that a man is going to say, Hey baby, you want to know something interesting? My sperm count is super low. That's just not a thing. Right. And I can't see them ever having that conversation. No, no. So given that she doesn't know that he's on meds that allegedly lower his sperm count, make it very, very unlikely that he can conceive a child. Isn't it ironic that he is unable, for all intents and purposes, to get anyone pregnant, and her story is, I'm pregnant. So where is the truth in this? That's the real question, right? Who? We're what? not going to find out until the tell-all anyway, so oh, obviously Amy, it's all going to be Amy, honestly. Honestly, are we going to find out the ten- at the tell-all? No, we're not. They're going to uh, skirt yeah. around. They're going to ask their, their, their questions that never really get answered or questions that are just so soft and pandering to the person that they're asking that, oh, I'm not going to answer that. It's just, I know that we're not going to get the truth at this point. And if we do come anywhere near it, it'll be like at the very last minute of the show. So... Buckle up and get ready for a rough ride. 
Well, I'm I'm looking forward to to the tell all because like based on based yeah. on the preview, like there are a lot of gasps. So I'd like to know <laughs> what is causing <laughs> such such reactions from yes. the apparent apparently true live audience. So that yes. okay, I, I think it's going to be exciting. Oh, but one thing I wanted to mention about this couple, yeah, yeah. or specifically about Riley is when he was doing one of his like personal interviews um he comes out with and i quote do i have love for her and he's like sure i have love for her but what i found interesting was how easily he was able to say that he can't tell someone that he loves them but he can say that he has love for someone mm-hmm. yeah i but think he that was just... just being so dramatic about the whole thing oh Possibly, but isn't that just like also for the camera? The person isn't actually there with him, so it's easier to say you don't have the pressure of them hearing you say the word love. Uh, I I did notice that as well. Yeah, that that twigged for me. Uh, the other um, <laughs> very odd thing that he said was when he was talking about how he has this less than one percent chance. He said, uh, "Miracles happen, and life finds a way." I was like, oh, Riley, really? Like, oh, I, I, I noted that too. I admire the fact that he's trying to take responsibility and, and, and absolutely being respectful and saying, you know, if this is my child, I want to do the right thing. I want to pay for everything. I want to make all these arrangements so that she has the best care possible, which is great and very admirable. Um, but this situation is completely messed up. Both of them have treated each other terribly. They didn't get along. They were fighting all the time. They were blocking each other on their phones while he was there. Can yeah, you imagine? No. And then and then she sleeps with him on the last night of his visit, which seems very calculated, and then claims that she's pregnant and he's the dad. So it's obvious to me that she's manipulating him. Not that he was good and not that he treated her nicely and not that he's blameless. But he, she's definitely taking advantage of him and pinning a pregnancy on a man that you have zero love or respect for, which was quite clear, and who is basically medically incapable of making a child with you. It, it, it's just beyond. For me, I, like, I may be wrong, but I think all of this is a lie. I think it's all a manipulation and that it's, it, like, she's scamming him. I agree that I think it is also a lie. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if after the tell-all or even during the tell-all, we find out that, oh, surprise, she had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I can't I can't see her angle because obviously she knows that Riley doesn't come from a lot of money. So it's not like he's been sending her money to build a house or to take care of her family. So, but I think the I mistake that we the, the mistake that we make is in presuming that scammers want to get a large sum of money from us. And oh, if you're true. a really good scammer, just like the Tyree and his uh, Christian, uh, they they just take little bits of money from lots of different people. And you know, she did fish uh, with Riley, and, say, and remember that was a one conversation where she said, "How much money do you have? How much is in your bank account?" And he said, "I have about a hundred thousand dollars." Yeah, and she's I like, that too. oh, okay, that's interesting. So I think, you know, my theory, and this is going to sound really awful, is that Violet was fishing for potential targets while she was involved with Riley, probably before and, and most likely afterwards. And she remember, she didn't delete her profile from the dating apps and they had the big fight about it. Mm-hmm. And they had that moment at the beginning when he first arrived in Vietnam and, and he saw that she was texting somebody who had a man with no shirt. And so they had a fight about that. And I, I, I feel fairly certain that she's never really been serious about her relationship with Riley. I think she's looking for targets and he was one. And um, everything has been a ploy to try to get money from him. And the pregnancy itself is completely fake. I don't buy that. Her plan, I think, is to pretend for as long as she can to get money from him. And if necessary, she could use a friend's baby as proof. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do to fake a pregnancy, right? 
and mm-hmm. she can dissuade him from visiting. She's pretending that she's not going to be there in Vietnam when he arrives or whatever. And and then whenever she has the amount of money that she wants to get from him, she just disappears. And maybe even, or, or like you said, maybe towards the end of this supposed pregnancy, there's a miscarriage. And then it's over. So I, I think this is all turning out to be a complete hoax and it's incredibly nasty. Um, and I really feel sorry for Riley, but again, he hasn't really shown himself to be the most pure person. If if this had happened to somebody else, one of the other couples, I would have been extremely upset. But I I have some sympathy for him, but not a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah, I like I like your angle of where you think that Violet's coming from. I think that that's that's very apt and seems to be the most um, accurate presumption at this point until we find out more yes and i really really hope that we find out more but i just have this sinking feeling that the tell-all is not going to reveal what we want to know and Uh, i still think that we need to file a petition to get a new host (laughs) because sean does not ask the hard questions she does not push for for the difficult answers and they spend and far in, too much time talking to inconsequential people who have nothing to do, really, with the show. Oh, yeah, that drives me nuts, too. No, you don't need to pull these people in. I forget who the other couple is, but they're that that couple that stayed, like, they're not together, but they live together, and they're single, and they're dating other people. Who are they? Oh, my gosh, I can't think. But They've been on juicy. as, like, a guest for the tell-all a couple times now. Oh, yes, um... Veronica and uh, Tim. 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 It, yes. yes. And they were they were together, but then they broke up, and now they're best friends. And he gives her advice, and she gives him advice. Yeah, exactly. They were kind of like co-hosts of the show in a weird way last season. Yeah, we don't need that. No, we don't. All right, let's move on. Amanda and Razvan. It's Amanda's last day. I'm going to talk like a little baby Amanda for this segment because it really appeals to men and it makes them like me. Oh my God. That's exactly how she sounds. (laughs) (laughs) So it's her last day. She decides to make the grand gesture to show Razvan how she really feels about him. And she buys the balloons and the pictures with the frames and the, the pillow and the card and all that stuff. And, and the blanket. I, and the and then you could cuddle with this blanket. <laughs> oh my god. So what do we think? Is she really being honest and open? Or is she just no. putting on a performance that she knows mm-hmm. will win him over? No, she's doing that love bombing thing. She's playing yeah. directly into his love language so that she can further support the fact that, you know, they need to be together and She's. I think she's still hoping that he's going to propose before she leaves. 100%. She's hoping for a ring on her finger. But at this point, and I think know, the, best she, the best she can hope for is, uh, thanks, it was fun. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I think that's more than what she deserves. But you know what I thought was something worth noting was not only did she just buy photos, but she got frames, which means that she fully expects him to put them up around the apartment and I think mm-hmm. that's a very subtle way of controlling what's going on in his apartment because then he's constantly seeing pictures of not just her but her kids mm-hmm. and how is he supposed to be able to cheat on her if her photos are all over the apartment Razvan would never cheat how dare you I know Razvan wouldn't how but you? you know it, it's Amanda so she's going to project onto him <laughs> Yes. So that's her way of protecting this narrative that she wants to create. But yeah. you're right, Razvan is, he's, no, there's no way he would do that. No, I didn't buy any of the gift giving display, but obviously Razvan did. And he's still talking about how unsure he is about her and her love. And he seems undecided at this point. I think last week he seemed a little bit more towards the, we better we're probably better off apart but now he's in the middle waffling and so they go to this restaurant at a lake or river and it's so beautiful kind of place that you would expect a proposal to take place and Mm -hmm. i think that's all a setup though 
producers are trying to make us think that Brasman's going to propose. And then Amanda starts talking about, do you want to be in this relationship or not? And then Rasvan makes that really nice comment about how he he loves her, but she's also his worst enemy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of poetic. Um, and then she pulls out the big guns, which is the card. Oh, like we should have this moment of the sound of God coming down from the sky because this is <laughs> obviously what she thinks is going to be the magic bullet, right? And it does. It gets him right in the heart. I can't believe it. And like you just said, she's projecting onto him. I thought that this card was her projection. Like This is what she wants to hear Razvan say to her. I love you so much. You're the love of my life. You're my soulmate. Not the knight in charming armor stuff, but you know what I mean. It's Yeah, it, it almost sounds like she used one of those like chat GPT or <laughs> AI kind of things in order yeah. to write that. Because it doesn't sound like it's anything that would have come out of her mouth. No. And she talks about how she has such a hard time saying these things and getting it out verbally. So she has to write it down, which I understand. A lot of people are like that. I'm like that too. But Mm -hmm. still like this, uh, the sap in this card makes me want to vomit. Wow. And he eats it up. The sap was gross, but also the ill intentions, just knowing everything that's happened between the two of them up until this point, just... It just, I think I've used this word to describe her before, but it's just skeevy. Uh-huh. Yep. It just makes so, me so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But Rasvan isn't. He loves it. He says that he wants to work things out with her. Um, but only because this display, the card, the gifts, etc. He feels that this is the real Amanda she's romantic she's kind she's loving and he wants this person to be the person that he's with but is it who is the real amanda well you know that that old saying when someone shows you who they are believe it mm-hmm. i i think that he's really struggling to um to rationalize or um i forget the word um but just trying to figure out who the old Amanda was versus the Amanda that he knows in person. And he, he really wants it to be the last Amanda who yeah. was obviously calculated and manipulative from across the, across the ocean. So maybe this was her like dialing into that part of her because she knows that it works so well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think that we're ever going to know who the true Amanda is, because I don't think that she knows. Mm-hmm. I think she's just going to continue playing these manipulative sociopathic games just to get what she wants. And mm-hmm. she's just going to drag him through it. And it's only going to hurt him in the end. Like she, yeah. I, I, I don't believe for a second that she has any true, true feelings for this man. Oh, and so I dark. think he's, he's just going to get hurt. So dark. No matter how this ends up. Mm-hmm. But that's only because he's capable of loving and he's capable of having these emotional connections and therefore he's capable of being hurt. Whereas mm-hmm. she's not capable of any of that. So she, obviously she is worried about getting hurt, but she's making all of this happen herself. Instead of, you know, being a true human being and divulging emotional intelligence or experiences or anything she just pulls this behavior that's just awful well there are a couple of things that Razvan says at the airport and not to amanda but to the camera where he's saying you know she he feels like she's oh actually he does say this to her that is she really ready to let him into her life 100 percent? and she says she is and then later on he says to the camera that she's starting to change and, I, you know, I want to believe that he's going to end up okay and that everything's going to work out the way he wants it to. Amanda is capable of change. But I'm, I don't know. I'm really dubious about her ability to be emotionally mature and open, stable in her relationship with him long term. I I don't know if she can adapt and change and learn. Um 
in order to give him what he really needs in a relationship. No, she'll do it for as long as it's convenient for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Amy, did you see Brazvan cry at the airport? There were tears. There were real tears on his face. I did, and that was one of the only displays of emotion that actually hit me in this episode. Because, what was it, the last one where... Was it the last one where we saw um, David and Sheila and that just Mm -hmm. like really tugged at the heartstrings? Like this was the first time I felt that this episode. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that he has true feelings for her. And he's just, he's such a beautiful man. And I don't just mean physically, like he actually seems like a really decent guy. I know. And this is why it's so awful that Amanda has been brutal towards him and maybe will continue to be brutal towards him because he is so undeserving of that. He is compassionate. He's open. He's kind. He's gentle, generous. He's funny. He's calm and soothing. He's thoughtful. He's like everything. He's displayed every positive characteristic of a good boyfriend on the show. And she has. Let me ask you this. Yes. Have you noticed any red flags from him? Hmm, that's a great question. I don't think so. He's got a great relationship with his mom. He has a job. Now his job may be a red flag in of itself, but I feel like he can handle the attention without becoming so egotistical. Mm-hmm. He takes care of himself. He has a clean apartment. That's a huge thing. Yeah, I noticed that too. He like he he's well dressed. He seems to have few but very nice things. So he's not uh, materialistic. Have you noticed any red flags? No, I haven't. That's why I wanted to ask. Because no. she's she's throwing them out like they're beads at Mardi Gras. Yeah. But yep, yep. then here's him just calmly responding to her not reacting just responding Uh and just being so kind and gentle and yeah i haven't seen any red flags from him i think the only red flag would be that this is now his second relationship with a woman who has behaved this way Mm -hmm. which we found out through his mother yeah but i don't necessarily say that that's a big red flag it's just no, something of note it is jasmine and gino shall we go there i don't know why <laughs> okay but you have to admit <laughs> this was this was so funny because the producers are having such a good time throwing shade on gino and i just love it i eat it up every time they do this you know when they showed pictures of his apartment uh because it should juxtaposed to what this was a while ago to what jasmine was saying about moving to michigan and how she was going to have a better life there and it's like these Mm -hmm. rooms crammed with stuff looked like a hoarder's house anyway so he's back in michigan he's putting on his socks (laughs) brushing his teeth (laughs) brushing his teeth and attempting to make his bed with very little success as if He's never done it before in his life. He's just like pushing the sheets around. I'm like, oh my God, what is, what is wrong with you? Just make your bed. And then I, like, I wondered, how does he manage to keep himself clothed and fed? But the way that they're portraying him is, is just hilarious. Like, what is this montage all about? He's just, he's think, just a goof. He's a goof. I, I think it was just showing the different side of Gino because he like he was smiling he was laughing he seemed to be having a great time shooting the the stuff with them and but he doesn't was, realize how he comes off. <laughs> no of course he wouldn't yeah it, it seemed lighthearted. I guess he was in a good mood he was in high spirits because he was thinking that you know because Jasmine is having her interview with the U.S. Embassy that day everything's gonna be great and she's gonna have her k-1 visa accepted so he's yeah you can tell how excited he was when he was like oh it's her it's her and then you like you watch his face fall Uh and then he just he looks like beekman from the muppets with his super (laughs) upside down smile i guess that would be called a frown um but just to watch his face fall yeah and to be honest 
I have now started turning down my volume when uh, when she's crying like that, mm-hmm. and I just put on the subtitles so I can read what she's what she's saying, oh, so I don't have to listen to it. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if she actually had an appointment at the embassy, or did she just sit there for an hour and a half just expecting them to see her? Oh, that is something I hadn't thought about. I... Because she said that they didn't have her paperwork or or something, right? Uh, they they took her paperwork. She brought the paperwork. Remember, she was carrying that big folder. They took that from her. She was expecting to deliver that to him, I think, as part of the interview. Uh, she didn't get the interview. What she got was uh, them telling her that there was an issue with her application. And she doesn't know what the issue is. And this kind of comes back to... Remember when she kept admonishing Gino because he hadn't hired a lawyer for the K-1 visa process? And she said, you should have hired somebody. It would have been done by now. And mm-hmm. remember that? And yeah. I started thinking, well, maybe she had a good reason. Maybe she was right. Because if there's an issue, that means that Gino made a mistake somewhere in the paperwork. And that's why they've got this hiccup. But as we all know... She's there in the tell-all. She's already in America. She's living with him. Everything is okay. She did get the visa. But, um, yeah, this this whole scene was a a bit much with, you know, interspersed, let's show Gino's socks coming off his feet. (laughs) That's so funny. And then let's show... Let's show Jasmine having a complete apoplectic meltdown in the middle of nowhere in her red, no, white, hot pink uh, pantsuit, which was also a funny choice. It's very bold of her. It was very bold. It was it was a gross scene. Like they were showing the grossness of Gino living in Michigan with his socks and his weird bed making skills and his <laughs> proudness for making a eight cup a pot of coffee I don't know what that was about and then the grossness of Jasmine with her just rage and the screaming and the her voice it's her voice when all with her emotions get high it's just it gets shrill she sounds like an animal. It, yeah, it's it's so great. I can't I can't listen to it. It's no. awful. She she was behaving as if she, like it was as if she was being tortured and screaming at Gino. Why do you have the flag? Like oh, just like the the flag isn't doing anything to you, Jasmine. It's just there. It's okay. It's like she wants to take her anger out on her entire country. Uh, I suppose. We did have that, yeah, one, that nice, was... one nice moment between the two of them when Gino said, did they say no to you? Did you get a no? And she said, well, no, I didn't. And that seems to calm her down a little bit. But, I mean, that's the salient point, really. This whole mm-hmm. sequence, we could have just melted down to a few seconds of Gino saying, did you get a no? No, you didn't? Okay, then that, that's okay. We'll sort it out. I wonder if the hiccup with the paperwork has to do with the fact that they needed the paperwork that was in her hands. And Who so knows? maybe they just rescheduled the the meeting because they were waiting for that paperwork and maybe she was supposed to submit it. But the fact that they took it from her when she was there obviously meant that she had to submit something additionally in order to mm-hmm. to have that meeting. And because, as you said, we already know she's in the States, it happened fairly quickly. So maybe that's just what they needed. Maybe she needed to provide another supporting document or something. So, Okay, I can't talk about these guys anymore. I really can't. I'm (laughs) tired. It's just making me feel exhausted to think about them. Can we move on to Misha and Nicola? Yes, yes. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, So these guys are taking a stroll through the streets of Jerusalem before she flies, the day before she flies back to the U.S., and Nicola says to her, I'm going to tell you something very important, Misha. Misha. I'm Misha, going to tell you something. Me, Misha. Misha, are you listening, Misha? This is very important, Misha. Whoa. I, I, you know, that would have been enough for me at that point. I would have gone, hmm, 
what's that over there? Oh yeah, I have to go. Bye. Because he's all—he's always so didactic towards her. So I was like, I've got to teach you this. You need a lesson in this. Are you listening, Misha? Because I'm going to tell you something very important. And then he proposes. Oh my God. So awkward. It's so cringy. It's very cringy. And her answer, okay, but like, yes. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear that she yeah. she did a yes question mark? <laughs> I think I did a double take at my computer when I heard that. Did she's isn't this what she came over here for? Shouldn't she be a little more excited? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she blames it on the fact, oh, here now? What? You know, it's too much of a shock to her that it should happen there. And he's like, oh, but it's 20 meters away from this very sacred site, Misha. And I'm doing this in public, Misha. Didn't you not expect that? I'm so being so romantic, Misha, doing it in the street. Misha, pat me on the back, Misha. Okay. I did what you wanted, Misha. Now let's go buy you a ring. But did you oh. catch the guy in the background who was trying to hype everyone up after yes. the proposal? Yes. Oh, oh that, that did not go well. Cringe. That did not go well. No, he clearly but didn't that, plan that this. made me laugh. Um, and then, um, so of course he says in the store, oh, budget doesn't matter. And I know Misha's going to choose something that's reasonably priced anyway. So I don't care, whatever the budget and uh, in the end, we learned that his budget was $1,200. <laughs> but no, budget is no issue. I don't, I mean, this is classic, right? I don't need mm-hmm. to know, I don't need to know what you think you know about women, even though you are a woman, and I will be your romantic and intimate partner in the future, because I have talked to a friend who know, who has a wife, and I know everything. I have a friend, Misha. I have a friend, Misha. I live in the world, Misha. <laughs> I forgot about that last part. <laughs> that never ceases to make me laugh. It's just no. such a ridiculous thing to say. Okay, no. okay, if that's what you want to hang your hat on. So he decides to go ahead and barter for the ring in front of Misha, which is so awkward and weird. Why don't you just say to her, okay, Misha, you've chosen the ring. Now I need to discuss with our kind jewelry salesman. Uh, what the price is going to be so could you please just go out into the alleyway and wait for me to, to find some cats some cats I'm sure you'll have lots of fun with the cats and then I will be back with your ring shortly like just get her out of there you don't have to do this whole thing where you're discussing the price of the ring and bartering it down from was it $1,900 to $1,200 Right? Which was obviously a very successful barter, but I agree. She looked so uncomfortable. Her facial expressions were yes. so obvious. <gasps> Disgust. But he he just couldn't he couldn't look at her. No. He couldn't and couldn't pick did, it up. Did you hear when she said, This is so not hot? Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Get out of there. Let him do his bartering. Just go away. You don't need to see this part. This takes all of the magic and the romance out of this moment. It does, then, but I, I, I think that that's a talent. That that bartering <laughs> is is a talent. The negotiation. He he was successful in in his attempt to to lower the cost into his budget, and he did it. So good for him. Um, that's one of the most positive things that I can say about that man. I, I I agree, and and it is a quite a skill. Good for him. However, I think the jewelry store salesperson said it best when he said, "You know, the more you spend, the more her love grows." You know, like it's not that it's reciprocal in that kind of a cold, calculated way, but if you really love your woman, and if you really intend to spend the rest of her your life with her, what is nineteen hundred dollars? You know. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, Nicola is unemployed. He is a fisherman as a hobby. <laughs> so maybe maybe that is a lot of money. Well, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, what does he do for a living? Nothing. He says he fishes well, he all his, day. He has his website. Oh, his Jesus website, right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this... 
if this bartering scene is a insight into what her life is going to be like if and when he moves to the States. Okay. Is he going to be financially controlling knowing full well Mm. that he's never had this access to this kind of money before? Oh boy. Well, I mean, we see in the preview for the tell all that he's saying the man is the head of the household. It's in the Bible. And I just went, no, it's not. That's just your interpretation of it. Um, so I think, yeah, I think she's in trouble. But then again, you know, Misha is Misha. She's a little bit cuckoo. So maybe that's not a big deal for her. It um, might not be, but I see trouble on the horizon because she's hmm. been a very self-sufficient woman for mm-hmm. quite a long time now. Mm-hmm. And so for him to come over and to start controlling the finances i think is going to be a startling realization for her yeah so this is the next subject that they broach when they're on their way to the airport they start talking about what's going to happen next uh we need we know that she needs an annulment and in the meantime misha proposes that nicola come and live with her in minnesota for three months which seems like a reasonable request to me you know, you mm-hmm. can't be apart for so long. And then he declines. He says anything more than two to three weeks would be opening the door to the devil. And at this point, I realized that he doesn't really care about Misha and Misha's feelings. What he cares about is the perception of his Jesus website fans. And if he goes to the U.S. and lives in sin with her for, for three months or two months or even one month, that they will start what abandoning his website and say that he is uh, a puppet of the devil and he's living in sin and this is all wrong and so how can they possibly go to him for spiritual advice and rather than considering misha's feelings and saying my bride-to-be my future wife wants to spend time with me and that is a natural thing and i can go and and be there with her and instead he puts up this whole well the devil is is going to tempt us and we'll be living in sin and, and we won't be able to to um What's the word? Resist. We won't be able to resist temptation, which they have been doing for this whole visit while Misha has been in uh, Jerusalem. So it feels completely fake and made up. I No, I agree. But we I think it was last episode that we talked about his intentions and whether or not they would be splitting. And uh, I believe we had decided that they weren't going to split because they've already invested too much. And I think that Mm -hmm. you're right when it comes to the perception of his, I don't even want to call them followers, but whatever his followers, he wants to uphold this God fearing persona without making any compromises. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead, he just wants to not see her until the K-1's approved, which I think is ridiculous. If you want to be with your significant other, you're going to move mountains to make it happen. And I don't see him as someone who's going to be doing that. I'm surprised that he's even willing to move to the States, but I wonder if his mom's encouraging him because she just wants him out of the house. Maybe, maybe. I wouldn't want him in my house either. You're 43, grow up, get out. Oh my God get out we have one couple left it's christian and cleo and um this is the last day for christian he's packing to go back to the u.s and cleo is a wreck she can't hold back her tears or her emotions and um and then there's this scene with the hoodie where cleo wants to keep this hoodie of christians and he says oh that's my favorite um but he eventually relents and says that she can keep it until he next sees her and then then he will get it back from her but the the main thrust of this is like cleo is completely and utterly devastated she's crying constantly she can't keep it together and uh christian is is says that he's being strong for her he's putting on a brave face but even though she's inconsolable, his demeanor suggests that he's he's like totally comfortable okay. with the idea of going home. Sorry? 
flipping. Huh? No, I just said he's flippant. He's flippant. He is flippant. Yeah. It seems like he's he's kind of giddy to go home. Maybe it's just because he's looking forward to it, or maybe it's because he's going to be out of her house and out of her company. And so he won't have to deal with what he's per- perceived as persecution for the last few mm-hmm. weeks. So um, he's kind of being su- sort of supportive towards her. Um, but it, given that he hasn't been a good boyfriend towards Cleo at all during this entire time, uh, I don't buy it. I don't believe him. Um, and then Cleo makes this really poignant statement about how she doesn't want to lose Christian because it's so far so hard to find someone when you're autistic and trans and I was just like oh my gosh that is so heart-wrenching and I really hope that she's not settling because of the circumstances that she finds herself in but I don't know I I I don't feel like these guys are going to stick together. I think that once Christian goes back to the States, the hoodie notwithstanding, they're never going to see each other again. Yeah, he's going to find the next new new and shiny thing yeah. to, to occupy his time. I don't think he's invested in this relationship at all. Um, that that's really all I have to say about those two. I didn't really find that there was anything new going on here. I just was kind of like icked out. Did you feel anything in particular? No, I just wanted to comment that she mm-hmm. was saying something to the effect of she doesn't want to remember the bad times, but wants to think about all the high times yeah. that they had. Mm-hmm. And I was really wondering what high time she was talking about because I don't Maybe it was a production thing and they just cut it all out, but I don't think we saw one moment where they were legitimately enjoying each other's company. I mean, close with the donuts, but that could have been my projection because <laughs> I was excited about them myself. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. When I when I heard her say that, I felt the same thing. Like, what are you talking about? Or is that like what the first date that you had when you were at the first pub that was quiet because the second pub was not a happy time? Is it when you guys... Uh, were intimate together for the first time, but then that wasn't happy because a few minutes or the day the day after he was denying that you were intimate and there was that whole brouhaha over that. There, It's very difficult to pinpoint a moment that was happy in of itself and that kind of shone through the rest of their experience. So, yeah, I'm just shaking my head right now. You can't see me, but I do not have a good feeling. No, I, I think this is going to blow up as soon as they leave. I think he's going to break up with her and then she's going to uh, freak out about it. But I think that this relationship is just not good for her and she deserves so much more. Yes, absolutely. We want to start a fan club for Cleo. Bring, <laughs> bring her a nice man. Okay, Amy, what special secret do you have to reveal this week? Well, it's not really that big of a secret, but it was something that I found interesting, although not surprising. Um, Back in 2019, our favorite male from this season, Christian, um, (laughs) he he got a DUI. Ooh, oh, not good. He was apparently driving the wrong way on the wrong side of the street obviously which is how it's the wrong way but um, yeah i believe it was on on the uh, on the interstate as well well this uh jives with your theory that he is in fact an alcoholic mm-hmm. and um yeah not good news but also not surprising not in the slightest but i saw it and i was like hmm okay yikes Yes, sorted past. And I love it. Thank you very much for digging that up. Mm -hmm. All right. Some more good news. Our podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, as well as Spotify, and very shortly to be on Google Podcasts, if that's where you choose to listen to your podcast. So be sure to follow our show. That would mean so much. And then you won't miss any episodes either. Um, Please take a moment to rate us. And thank you so very much for listening. Please tune in again next week when, as you probably know, we'll be talking about the tell-all show. 
which looks to be kind of explosives from the preview we got at the end of this episode. But like I mentioned before, I have a feeling that we're not going to get the answers we really want. That's just how the tell-alls tend to go. We can talk about that next week. All the answers that we wanted or all the questions that we wanted answers to and what we still don't have answers to. Exactly. And I think there are going to be two episodes to this tell-all, which is probably about the right amount when they did four episodes for um, a uh, Happily Ever After season. That was just crazy insane, way too much. And I wanted to shoot myself after the third episode. It was just that tedious. But two episodes is good. Please, please, please tell us what happened with Riley and Violet and this baby. That's all I ask. So we see do you next answers. week. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>